0: Ideas come and go, stories stay. Nassum Nicholas Taleb, The Black Swan, The Impact of the Highly Improbable. Welcome back to the Turnrate Podcast. This is episode 53, and I'm Caitlin, your host. On today's episode, we are going to break down the movie The Black Swan and discuss four reasons why it's so impactful, intense, and alluring. This week, I wasn't going to do an episode. Um, I've been traveling a lot, been feeling kind of run down, a little bit of a scratchy throat and stuffy nose. But last night, I watched The Black Swan with my boyfriend, and it was a really compelling movie for me. It went above and beyond my expectations. I was just not expecting to really enjoy that movie as much as I did and yes I know it did come out in 2010 and I'm a little bit late in the game to seeing it back in 2010 I was a freshman in high school which is pretty crazy to think about but we are going to look at the black swan from a story perspective and not really a movie perspective because that's what we do on this podcast we talk about writing and books I would also like to say that I did do ballet for about 10 years. Nothing nearly as intense as the ballet that was depicted in the story, but I did have a very old fashioned teacher, and she was highly critical of us. She would make lots of comments about our bodies. She would smoke in the studio. She would just walk around and like suck you in and come up to you, and she made comments to me whenever I started wearing makeup, whenever I was a teenager. She would point out the flaws in our bodies, like she told me my arms were too long for ballet. And she was just a very crude woman. And I did not enjoy dancing for many reasons, one being her teaching style, another being I just really don't have any musicality or rhythm as she once also pointed out. And I would also daydream and write stories in my head during the warm-ups because I found them so boring and I always had this huge imagination and I love to use my mind, not really my body. So for me, I just didn't like dance for all of these reasons. But it definitely made me intrigued to want to watch this movie and I felt sort of a personal connection to it. So number one... I think this story was so effective because it was very tight in multiple different ways. It was a tight timeline. The story was very much over a short period of time, which was whenever Nina was first um, cast as the role of the Swan Queen, and that follows her journey preparing for the role up until the first performance. If you can represent a story in a short amount of time like that, it's always going to be very effective because it's easy to follow, it's easy to understand, and chances are the character has a lot of opportunity for growth over these time, over these points, and you're really hitting home the central idea of the story. It was also a tight perspective. We really focused on Nina I would say if we were reading it on the page, it would be first person. You know, we saw glimpses of other characters like Beth and Lily and Nina's mother, but we really didn't get inside their heads. We were really only inside of Nina's head. And I think that allowed us to develop a relationship with her and really get to know her and empathize with her. It's also tight in the way that we weren't chasing a bunch of different plot lines. There weren't really too many subplots. Um, It really was just this simple plot, um, which was also represented within the greater aspect of the ballet, The Swan Lake. And, you know, we just really see how badly Nina wants that part, the things she does to get that part, and her ghost, and some of the trauma that she's faced growing up. Tight plots are easy to understand. They're effective, and they're compelling. Number two. The movie was highly symbolic. It was symbolic in so many different ways that I don't think I could possibly touch them all within this podcast. Generally, movies these days are not that symbolic. There's a lot of emphasis on chasing scenes or sexual scenes or, you know, these big blowouts and, you know, a lot of emphasis on the soundtrack and things like that. And there's not a whole lot of symbolism in film these days. So, To see a movie represent, um, you know, something else, to me, that was really stunning, and I really appreciated that. Um, The symbolism starts out right away whenever we see Nina stealing Beth's lipstick and her things. We know that she wants to sort of be Beth. She wants to be the next Beth, and maybe she's even going to steal the leading part out from under Beth. It also shows that Nina is poor. I mean she's stealing a lipstick. Lipstick does not cost that much money. You know she can't afford to buy her own lipstick so she's going to steal Beth's. It's also highly symbolic that the movie is black and white. There's good and there's bad. There's no gray area. You're either a white swan or a black swan. And Nina spends the entire movie struggling against her impulses and trying so desperately hard to only be white swan to only be perfect that it ends up killing her because she cannot recognize that sometimes you are aspects of black swan and that's what makes you a gray human being because you have good and bad in you no one can be entirely good and no one can be entirely bad there's also a lot of symbolism with lily and nina And how they're juxtaposed. Lily represents the black swan and what Nina cannot be. Lily wears her hair down during ballet practice. If you've ever done ballet, you would know that's a big no no. You do not wear your hair down in ballet. This indicates that Lily is this free spirit. She also arrives late, barges in, interrupts Nina's um, audition for the part, and we know that she's from San Francisco which is generally a more liberal and, you know, up-and-coming trendy sort of area. Um, So Lily probably represents those qualities as well. This story is also representative of how ballet affects women. Ballet is sort of this unnatural thing that you do with your body, and as a result, it's also very unnatural for your mind and your emotions. It's very much a denial of self, And womanhood in order to be a ballerina you have to be very thin you have to deny yourself from eating food and we see that whenever Nina is too freaked out to even have one small slice of cake that her mother brought home for her when she got the part of the Swan Queen we also see how Nina has to go to bed early she doesn't have a boyfriend she lives in her her home in her childhood bedroom and it's very much still very kiddish. You know, it's pink, there's all these stuffed animals, and it's like she never progressed to being a woman and she's still a child. She's uncomfortable whenever the ballet director asks her about her virgin about her virginity. Now, a side note, I think anyone would be uncomfortable about that. I think that's a little weird, but it further heightens um this this struggle that she has and the fact that she's not really a woman she's still stuck as a child and she's stuck that way because of all the sacrifices that you have to do to be a ballerina so for me i thought that was a very compelling picture and i love the use of symbolism here um you know in all of these different things and especially with the black and white symbolism sometimes as an author you don't have to reinvent the wheel you can use very simplistic and older symbolism that's been around for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, and it will still be very effective. Number three, I had a lot of empathy for Nina. She has this desperation to be the best. She is so self controlled, and you can see how that breaks her. You can see the fear in her eyes. You know, she practices again and again, past the point of whenever everybody else is practicing she hurts her ankle her toes are bloody she's so thin and emaciated she has this weird relationship with her mom her mom seems so overprotective of her and i also like the aspect of how the book of how the movie sort of still leaves you questioning because, you know, we were talking about the relationship with Nina and her mom. And my boyfriend said, you know, I think her mom was just protecting her this time. I think this whole time, I think she was just protecting her from, you know, self-harm and destruction. And I kind of said, I don't know about that. I think she has this weird relationship with her mom that sort of contributes to this insecurity that she has. I think if she had a more secure relationship with her mom, she would be more confident in her sexuality and she wouldn't be so fragile and so able to be manipulated by all of these people in the ballet company. So I feel bad for Nina because I don't think the relationship with her mom was right. I don't think it was a protective relationship. Um, I think that is open to interpretation and a question the story kind of leaves you with which I think is awesome because I don't always think stories need to be wrapped up or clear cut and dry. I also feel empathy for Nina because of this deep scar she has in her back. She scratches herself when she gets stressed out and her mom goes as far as to clip her nails down and it's very painful and it seems very violent and it's just weird that her mom is asking her to see her body like I could not really catch how old Nina was, but I'm guessing she's, like, around my age to slightly younger. I'm 26. I would probably guess Nina's, like, you know, 23, 24 maybe. And I don't think – I cannot ever, ever imagine having that kind of relationship with my mom. I mean, I don't think, you know – I don't think my mom has, like, ever asked me to, you know, like, strip down and inspect a part of my body. Like, not even when I was, like, 8 years old. So I think it's just – it's very strange to me, and I just, I feel bad for her because it seems like there's no one she really has to root for her, no one she can confide in, and that's why she confides in Lily. And number four, this is possibly the thing I appreciate the most about the story, is that it represents life as a whole from beginning to end. And usually whenever a story does that, it's pretty sad and heavy, which this story was, And it can also be very hard to pull off. You know, the story really revolves around Nina's life, which is ballet. Ballet and life are synonymous for Nina. And the story starts whenever she is auditioning for the biggest part of her life. Everyone knows that Swan Lake is one of the most classic and renowned ballets. And the Swan Queen is also one of the best and most renowned parts and we see her whole life is leading up to this her whole life is leading up to be the principal dancer the star of the show and when she finally achieves that it breaks her it's like a climax in a way and then we see her demise as she struggles with herself and her feelings of inadequacy and her sexual repression and we see her struggle and try to overcome that fear of being imperfect of putting on too much weight of doing a dance move wrong of letting loose of maybe even being in a relationship and expressing and expressing her sexual desires. See that progression of her life up until the first performance, and that's it. Boom, we've reached the climactic moment. And Nina finally achieves perfection, but she only achieves it after she kills herself because you cannot be a perfect living human. You will always have flaws. Things are not black and white. You're a gray person. And Nina only achieves this false sense of perfection whenever she stabs herself and bleeds out, dies, and that's her whole life in a movie represented by a ballet, represented by the Swan Lake. And to me, it was just so such a great design, such a great piece of art. It was very tragic was a negative character arc, which you don't see a lot. You mostly see positive or flat arcs. And, you know, of course, this is a horrific ending. And you cannot ever be perfect, not even when you're dead. So uh, nobody get that idea from <laughs> what I'm saying or my analysis of the movie. You know, it was probably a cowardly thing that this girl did. But you could also see how much pain and emotional suffering that she had. And, you know, she her mental health was suffering so much that that's what she thought. And I really just thought that that was an incredible, incredible performance by Natalie Portman. Great acting. Um, very well written. Very well done. I love the symbolism. And I think that if you as an author can capture these four elements in your story this tight timeline plot and perspective, a lot of symbolism, empathy for the main character digging deep into their head, really showing the things that make them unique, the things that make them suffer. And if you can represent a life in a piece of work from beginning to end, you'll have a compelling, alluring, impactful book. Let me know if you've ever seen this movie and what you thought of it by sounding off in the comments below don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. As always, keep reading, keep writing, and keep querying, and I will talk to you on our next road trip.